Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me on episode 74 of Take the Reins. I'm your host, Nikki Porter, and I am honored to be here to help you become a confident and connected equestrian through focusing on your personal growth and development in and out of the arena. On today's episode, we're going to dig a little deeper into understanding the areas that you feel you need to grow in to become a stronger leader for your horse understanding that the key to leading anyone is mastering self-leadership along the way. Before we speak about that though, I want to share with you why I'm so passionate about this work and what drives me to keep showing up for you on this podcast and with my business. My personal growth journey truly began in 2008 when I found myself in a hundred-year-old farmhouse sobbing uncontrollably, telling myself I had no reason to be sad and should just be grateful. I felt so broken and confused. I made a commitment then to begin to listen to myself and to truly take the reins of my life, to begin to consciously create it rather than just put in every day and react to it. A lot has happened between 2008 and now, and I can tell you that my story today would look completely different if I did not begin to make decisions from a place of self-awareness and build solid trust in myself and my ability to lead my own life toward joy. Last week, I spoke to you about tuning in and opening your awareness to the pressure that you're feeling daily. I want to share a quick story of how my development as a person allowed me to navigate two different situations in my life that had very similar symptoms, but resulted in different decisions. Okay, let's go back to 2008 for a minute and just talk about the pressures that I was feeling then and the symptoms that were coming up as a result of not attending to those pressures and creating ease for myself. So in 2008, I bought a 100-year-old farmhouse, like I said, with a guy that I was in a relationship with that was a relatively new relationship. It was about two years old and he was older than myself. So the pressure of next steps in the relationship were certainly there. And he also had a son who had some behavioral issues and also had some issues with the, uh, I guess, the, the communication with the mother of his child at the time. 
So I was also in my first year of teaching. So it was my first year with a full-time teaching position. And I was teaching, not only was I teaching for the first year, I was teaching subjects that were so out of my area of expertise, but I was so grateful that I had a job. So I was teaching social studies and science to grade seven students. And I left school thinking I was going to be an English teacher. So I had a lot of pressure on me to not only stand up in the front of a classroom for my very first time and be able to do parent-teacher interviews and all of these things as a teacher, but I thought I was going to be an English teacher. And all of a sudden I'm a science teacher and science is not my strong suit. I then was really struggling with money. I remember the very first time that I went out with the staff of my new school and it was so exciting. I was getting to meet new people and I was, you know, I was adulting. I was doing the things and we went out to a restaurant and I had to order water only. And the reason being is that we had bought this house and we were doing all of the things and financially I was not ready for it. And so I had a lot of pressure on me money-wise and I remember just be feeling so disheartened by the fact that I couldn't even afford to buy myself uh, fries or a piece of pizza while I was sitting and having chat with my new colleagues because if I did, I wouldn't be able to afford to drive home. And then to top it off, actually, it's not even to top it off. There's so many more uh, pieces to this uh, and so many elements of pressure that were on me. And just thinking back to it, I can like feel it accumulating and wish I had have attended to it sooner, but I didn't. And it actually worked out for the best. So the other thing is I... I had a barn attached to this house and I was so excited to be able to have my own horses and this was part of my adult dream. So when I was a child, I would look ahead and be like, when I'm an adult, I'm going to have my own horses and I want them on my property. And so I bought this property with my boyfriend of the time. The house was attached to the barn. I was so excited because I knew I'd be able to get up in the morning and go out and didn't matter the weather, I could go to the barn and see the horses. What I wasn't prepared for was the pressures around planning for those horses and knowing where to get the hay and how to have the hay. And I thought I had enough grass for the summer. Turned out I didn't have enough grass for the amount of horses that I had, which was only two. So that tells you I didn't have a lot of property. But I didn't have... I didn't look ahead to all of these things. I was really being driven by excitement about what I wanted, but not necessarily what I wanted right then. It was like what I wanted growing up. What did it look like? What did success look like for me? And and I really missed some steps along the way. So I had these horses and I had to, uh, you know, have the plan for the hay and do all of these things that I was not used to being responsible for. I was used to my parents being responsible for this. And all of a sudden I realized that I I was not thinking ahead and I, I wasn't planning because I was never... Uh, I never needed to in the past, and so I just wasn't prepared. I also decided at this time that it would be great to be able to bring in my first training horse. Somebody had contacted me and said, you know, will you take this horse on? I, I think that she's going to be fantastic. I think you're the great person. And I, again, didn't have the wherewithal to question anything, brought the horse in, and she was totally above my skill level, and it was a very humbling experience. And then 
I also had so much trouble with, um, I guess it was dividing responsibilities with this, this guy that I was in a relationship with. And so he was responsible for taking care of our cars. And at one point I was driving an S10 truck that the doors wouldn't shut properly and none of the gauges worked. It looked like a Christmas tree when I looked at the dash of my vehicle and it was really, really bad in bad weather and I was driving 40 minutes to work from my house and he thought it'd be a great idea to literally pour concrete in the back of this truck in order to offer it more weight because he thought it would make it Uh, safer for me to drive down the road nothing about that truck was safe and I knew it wasn't safe and he uh, it was his responsibility according to us when we were you know going over what each of our responsibilities were and it added a lot of pressure and then one more pressure that was uh, was on me during that time but was it was a hard pressure at the time but oh my gosh I'm so glad that I made this choice and it was to get a new puppy. And I I got Hush Puppy and I knew that I was probably not in the best life situation to have this dog, but she was my first dog. First dog that I said yes to, that I picked out, that I paid for. She was all mine and she definitely added some new pressures, but but I'm really grateful that I, that I actually had her. So, you know, setting the scene, you can see that, you know, there's just a ton going on in my life at that time. And the house was in full-blown renovations. So I should say that at this time, I, he was away for work off and on out West. And I was living in this house oftentimes by myself and uh, had even run out of oil at one point and it was freezing cold and all I had was a space heater in my bedroom and a clawfoot tub and it was just it was cold and it was dirty because of the renovations and I felt very alone and there was just so much to it. The symptoms of all of this pressure being put on me and not knowing how to navigate it and not knowing how to release the pressure or even recognizing it was building within myself because I was so in my head and not in my body and not not understanding the impact that all of these pressures and these stresses were truly having on me. Some of the symptoms that were coming up for me were irritability, no patience at all, which also not fantastic when you're in your first year of teaching. I was unmotivated. I got to a point where I cried all of the time. I remember this time that I was laying in my bed and and I just couldn't motivate myself to get up and I was crying and emotional. And like I said, I was really trying to tell myself, like, you should be grateful. There's no need to be sad. But the kicker really was that was a that was a really low day and there were more of those days. But then I remember going out for lunch one day with the, with the guy I was in a relationship with and I left the table. We're at lunch. He had not done anything. I was we had not had an argument. It was a nice day. Everything should have felt fine. And I went to go and use the washroom and wash my hands and I just started crying and it was like I I was under so much pressure and I was so against where I needed to be in life that I just, I couldn't hold 
anything back anymore. I was overflowing with sorrow, with uh, grief and and knowing that I needed to make some major changes and that those changes were going to greatly affect the lives of other people. Now, when I started to really dive in to, you know, the pressure I was feeling and why I was feeling it and how I needed to release it, my needs to release that were very different than I've experienced uh, since then. And so it became very apparent that the thing that needed to happen was that the relationship needed to change. There were all of these amazing elements to my life, the horses being there, the having the first job, teaching, it's, it's what I wanted to do. Uh, so many great elements to my life. But the thing when I really looked at it deeper, that was feeling completely out of flow with who I was and that I was not living authentically in was the relationship itself. And so I had to attend to that. If you've ever decided to leave a long-term relationship, you know the brave action that needs to take place for something like this. So I had to have the horses leave. I had to make some really hard hard decisions that led to some really hard discussions. And I ended up leaving that relationship and I left with just what I could fit into my car. And I kind of joke and say that I was, you know, I, I just lived out of my car for quite some time and I continued to teach throughout this whole time and I continued to show up for my students and, and to be able to, you know, do my best as a teacher. And honestly, I don't think that people even knew what was actually happening behind the closed doors that was my life. Um, But I was able to still function and navigate through my professional life while my personal life was completely falling apart. So I'm not going to get any further into that story other than the fact that I had to really dig deep in order to figure out where the pressure needed to be released, what was the thing that I was out of alignment with in order to start to move back towards joy and it ended up being the relationship like I said so I left that relationship now we're gonna fast forward to 2020 now in 2020 I am obviously no longer in a relationship with that man I am now married to my now husband I have a daughter she was seven at the time and life is good. Life is fantastic. I if I would if I zoomed out and really like just looked at my life from the top down, all of the things that I had dreamed and that would bring me joy were all there and I was incredibly grateful. However, all of those past symptoms that I had felt way back in 2008 started to resurface again. So the symptoms of that overreactiveness, being overly emotional, I felt really unmotivated again. Now remember we are in 2020 for this story. So I'm sure I am not alone in these feelings. I was feeling very overwhelmed. I was like stre- or, or jumping from flight, fight, freeze, and fawn on a continuous basis. But then something very alarming, a symptom came up that was very alarming to me. And the reason it was so alarming is because it began to affect my confidence in my work and my confidence in myself. And that was this 
overwhelming brain fog. I was having a hard time thinking. I was having a hard time speaking. I was second guessing myself all the time. I was, I was mixing up words and sentences and it was just this overall sense of worry and overwhelm and it was coming out with in 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 in, in <laughs> inability to think and speak and that i swear that's not what's happening right now uh but these symptoms were all familiar and then some other ones added on top of it now that being said what i needed to do to release all of the pressures that were creating this. So if I, if we think about 2020, I don't think I even need to say any more to know that this is another major pressure year for probably everyone on the planet. Um, but the pressures, you know, for myself all came really from the pandemic and that major shift in our life, but also from the fact that I was a few years in to my own business and really feeling the pressure of, I either need to step up and have this business take off and be successful, or I need to reassess my life and my decisions to make sure that I'm being responsible for both my family and myself to make sure that I can pay the bills and that I am not adding un- unnecessary pressures to our family as a result of me trying to live out my dream. My commitment to truly get to know myself and to begin to live from a place of self-understanding, self-compassion, and trust truly paid off when I came against this situation in 2020 because what happened was I was able to then make new decisions on how I would take the pressure off and create more ease in my life based on my own self-awareness, not based on my past experience. Despite my symptoms, both physically and emotionally, being quite similar between 2008 and 2020, due to my level of self-awareness, I was able to see that how I was going to create this ease was very different. And what I needed was to reconnect with friends, to communicate clearly how I was feeling with, with my husband, and to take as much pressure off as possible. I focused on me and my family and I let the rest of everything just settle around me. Both times in my life, I would have used the word desperate to describe how I was feeling. Releasing the pressure felt almost life or death and I did what I needed to do to balance myself, mind, body, and spirit. I've been asked, how did you know? And it really is self-awareness, trust, and personal commitment. So what happens when we feel immense pressure, but we have a lack of self-awareness? We become that horse who rears or bucks all of the time because it was this answer to releasing pressure once before. We make decisions based on what was right for us in the past or based on our fears rather than our desires. And we often make choices based on the opinion and actions or assumed judgment of others versus our own personal leadership. Okay, so this seems like a long way around the why I do what I do and uh, why I'm so passionate about this work, but this story really does lead into why I chose to do what I do because I made a commitment, a personal commitment 
to show up for myself. And in the process, I learned some very valuable skills. I learned skills of self-regulation. I learned how to quiet and calm my own mind. I learned how to feel in my body what was needed personally how to take pressure off. I learned about pressure in my own self and I was then able to see pressure outwardly. I was able to see the pressure of others and I was able to see how I was adding pressure to others. It was through my own personal growth journey that when I made it back to horses and I started to work with them with more intention and from a place of self-awareness that I began to truly appreciate the effect that I have and my self-awareness and my personal growth, that effect that it has on my horses and my ability to lead them. Then as I began teaching, I could start to see that the places where people were looking to grow with their horses they had to grow in those places with themselves first. So often as equestrians, we put so much pressure on the horse. We want the horse to be comfortable and confident in their surroundings. We don't want them to spook. We want them to be able to relax. We want them to be able to let go. We want them to look to us. We want them to focus. We have so many desires for them for what optimal behaviors look like and for them to be able to have a regulated system but we forget that we are the leader in this situation and that if we are unable to do that personally then it's very difficult for our horse to be able to look at us not only for them to say yes I can do that for you but also for them to see us as a true leader A go-to when we're struggling with our horses is often to look to see what needs, what training needs to happen, what needs to be done so that this horse can handle the situation more or so that they can achieve something with us. And oftentimes that horse gets sent for training or we get more lessons, but I think it's time we take the pressure off the horses and we start to look at our individual responsibility within the relationship and we start to be able to be responsible in our leadership and say I will not ask you to do that if I am unwilling or unable to work on it myself. That right there is what fuels my work and fuels this podcast because it breaks my heart When horses are met with unnecessary and unfair pressure because of labels being placed on them due to a lack of willingness or ability for the owner to self-reflect and change personally. Now, if you're still with me and you listen to Take the Reins, I know that you are on this path with me. I know that you are willing and ready to take personal responsibility for how you show up for your horse and know that how you are outside of the barn impacts how you are when you're in the tack and you're on the end of the lead rope with your horse and it affects your relationship. It affects how they respond to you. It affects how they see you and their willingness to partner up with you. 
Okay, so this all being said, I'm 23 minutes into this episode and I'm sorry that that story took so long, but I think it's so important for us to really tune in and say, do I have a level of self-awareness that allows me to lead myself confidently and responsibly through my life before I expect myself to excel as a leader of others? Okay, reining it in here. I'm going to give you a quick exercise. So if you have a pen and paper and you're sitting down and you have the ability to do this, then I want you to be able to just slow down and do it right now. If you don't, if you're driving, if you're doing burn chores, whatever it is, then make sure you return back to this episode. We're at timestamp of about 24 minutes and 30 seconds and return here and we're just going to do a self-assessment of your personal development and you're going to rate yourself from one to five for each of the following. One being the lowest, five being the highest. If you have my Let's Ride Equestrian Planner, this will be familiar, but a great reminder for you to be able to say, okay, can I, where am I in this skill? Maybe you've filled out this scale at some other time and now you can reassess and you can see whether you've grown in any area. So I'm going to read some statements and you're going to rate your current ability to self-regulate from one to five, one being the lowest, five being the highest. So this is your self-assessment scale. First, I am calmly able to think and act through pressure. Rate yourself, one being lowest, five being the highest. Second, I can bring myself back to ease quickly when triggered. Third, I am able to redirect my thoughts from negative to positive. I regain my confidence quickly after a setback. Write yourself accordingly. I am able to focus my mind easily and effectively. I can quickly settle into new into a new environment to learn. I let go of emotions to allow me to be present. Wherever I am, I am there fully presently and vulnerably. I do not let fear control me. I am an open-minded listener and learner. And lastly, I am soft while quick to respond. So if you need to, you can rewind, go back, Go through that again if you have to, to really get an understanding of what that scale is looking for, rating yourself from one to five for each of those. Now we're going to look at your equine development with a very similar scale. So I want you to rate your horse's current ability based on one being the lowest, five being the highest. First. They calmly think and act through pressure. They come back to ease quickly when triggered. 
they are easily redirected when distracted. They regain confidence quickly after a setback. They are able to focus easily and effectively when asked. They quickly settle into a new environment to learn. They focus on the rider or handler comfortably. They feel safe to be present and vulnerable without the herd. They are not controlled by fear. They know how to look for answers to my questions. And lastly, they are soft while quick to respond. So you can see the parallels between the personal development questions and the equine development questions. And it's a really great assessment of the different areas that you need to work on and then the areas that your horse may need to work on and it's kind of neat to look at them and see if there's any similarities there or differences there and then if you know of the skills or the support that you need in order to advance the things that you would like to improve on. All right so that's it for today. You learned a little bit more about me and my past and what has brought me to where I am today with my work and this podcast and why I'm so passionate about bridging the gap between personal growth and our horsemanship. And then you also learned a quick assessment tool from my equestrian planner, Let's Ride, Take the Reins on Your Equestrian Goals, to be able to see the places that you may want to focus on your own growth and then looking at your horse's development and see the different areas, the strengths and the, the weaknesses in their growth as well. So I hope that helps you and I will talk to you again next time on the Take the Reins podcast. that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind. Mm-hmm.